every time I plan something, something else happens and then I have to maybe change or revise. But uh, it, I mean, it really works in a way because you tend to innovate and you improvise and you chance upon something that's much better than what you were originally doing. I'm Michelle Edwards. I'm the author of a novel called Chronicle of Endings but I want to continue the conversation. It's a conversation about the different endings we face across the course of our lives and ultimately about all the beginnings that open up after. I want to speak to men because men don't always have the place or the permission to talk openly about their difficulties the way women do. But I want to speak to women too, because we are all the same human beings trying to navigate the same universal human experiences. Mostly, through these interviews, I want to have the opportunity to speak directly and openly with you. Each guest's experiences will allow you to reflect on your own about the endings you have faced and the ones you are yet to face, the mindset and actions which brought these people through their difficult times will, in turn, speak to you about your own. Because whether it's a novel, a podcast, or just two mates finally speaking about things that matter over a beer, words Words have the power to change people, to change their lives, to change yours. So, can we talk? Renata, where are you from? Uh, Yeah, Michelle, I'm from Mumbai in India. And Renata, what is your ending? So uh, I'm a nutritionist by profession and uh, I've been into running marathons and dancing and martial arts for a couple of years now. And uh, I love going for treks and hikes, especially during uh, the monsoon season that we have here. So we, we, get, we get our rains between June, July, August, September. So uh, I happened to be going for one such trek in um, August four years ago, which was in 2017. And I went up fine on the hill, but uh, during the descent, I slipped and fell. And um, I came down fine. I finished the trek. But a couple of days later, I started getting this uh, tingling sensation on the right side of my leg. And uh, there was this complete numbness that set in a few days later. So right from the, the hip to the foot of the right leg, I couldn't feel anything at all. And I was put on this uh, neural medication for a month and a half to, uh, for the tingling sensation to subside. So for about two or three months after the incident, um, I couldn't really move much. And I was more homebound and restricted to, to the bedroom and not being able to walk around much. So uh, this was uh, in a way a sort of ending for me because I was so used to doing so much physically in terms of running marathons and uh, dancing and uh, putting in those hours of dance rehearsals for stage performances and 
taking up different types of martial arts and training in the gym. So I had a very physical sort of active lifestyle. But um, this incident brought everything to a halt. And that was something that uh, for me, it was an ending because I couldn't move anywhere. Even in the house, um, ultimately, I was restricted to those rehabilitative exercises that the physiotherapist gave me. But nothing beyond that. Even something as simple as skipping that I love to do. Even 50 counts were so difficult for me. And I, I still can't do a lot of it now. But four years ago, to have that complete halt in my life was uh, some sort of an ending for me from what I was used to. Yeah. How long did that last? So my rehabilitative exercises went on for a year at least. So this was the, the whole, most of 2018. And then um, towards the latter half of 2018, maybe October, November, December, I started running slowly, like five kilometers, 10 kilometers. I did one half marathon in December 2018, but at a very slow pace. It was more about covering the distance. But um, it was completely um, not at, um, as much as I wanted to do, but it was more about being able to move and get about. So this was the whole year, in fact. And 2019 was when I actually started doing the exercising I wanted to do at the intensity I was used to earlier. So I would say the, the major problem of it was um, half of 2017 and the whole of 2018. So a year and a half of actually struggling to be able to move, to do things. Yeah. So coming back to that time when your life was based around really physical activities, what starts to go through your mind when you can no longer move? It, it's quite a debilitating in a sense because um, mentally you're fine and uh, you're thinking of all these things you could do now. For me, it was like uh, I had a race calendar and then I had a dance schedule where I I knew I, I do two stage shows a year and I do one full marathon and maybe four half marathons a year. So my gymming and my other workouts are tailored to that schedule. So there's so much of this planning that goes on at the start of the year and then there's nothing you can do. And uh, when you physically can't move, your mind is still active. And uh, physically, it was only one leg that was giving me problems. Everything else was fine. If I wanted to do a push-up, I could do a supported push-up. And uh, you feel that kind of uh, nagging at the back of your head that uh, it's just one part of your body that's not working. But then so many other things are affected because of that. So I think... Uh, Mentally, that was what was more crippling than the physical injury in itself. That uh, you know it's, it's one part of you, but it's affecting the whole. And that was what got me down more than the injury in itself. Of um, knowing what it is and not being able to move and do something about it. At that point, did you know how long it would last or if you would ever recover? fully so uh, at that time the physiotherapist had told me that uh, there's nothing you can really do about a nerve injury so if it's bone maybe you can set it if it's a muscle injury you can strengthen the muscle but uh, for nerves there's nothing that you can do to a particular nerve 
I mean, it's just uh, preventive and uh, you have to prevent it from getting compressed again. That was the advice she gave me. So um, uh, from what I, I, when, when this was um, in that August, September, October of 2017, I, I really didn't know if I would ever be able to run again or dance again or maybe take up competitive sport. Maybe I would be able to go for a little stroll and be active in leisurely ways. And I, I thought I would be just stuck with my rehabilitative exercises for the rest of my life because the way she put it across, like nothing can be done about it and you have to live with it. Yeah. So uh, that was what really got me at that point of time that uh, I didn't know that I would be able to go back to what I was always doing. And maybe I would have to start a new life, taking up other sports, maybe like chess or something where I don't have to physically move. So I was like plotting things of what could happen and what could go wrong. So it was a lot of mental stress where the mind is overactive. Maybe it's compensating for the lack of activity that the body is doing. Yeah. So I, that was yeah, what really got to me. Yeah. I have been a runner for 20 years, actually. So wow. um, I, I completely understand the the joy of running and just the way the body body needs it regularly. And um, I, you know, I have faced certain injuries that made me wonder if I would ever be able to run again. And it's completely heartbreaking. And that, you know, that's really small compared to what you've gone through when you not only could not run, but could not do many physical activities. So when you um, when you do a lot of those things in your pastime and that becomes a large part of your identity, how do you have to reconsider your identity when you can no longer do all of the things that you you are used to doing? It it, it does affect you. In fact, uh, I I was running for about um, I think it was five years or six years before the incident and. A lot of the runners I knew socially and meeting through training runs and races. Many people um, cut themselves off from, from my life after that. So th there was this uh, unsaid thing that uh, if you're not running, you're not a runner anymore. And you're cut off from that uh, the running community, the running family. Though there are, there were a lot, a lot of people who were very supportive and they've been friends with me since I began running in it was uh, 2011 and uh, they, they kept encouraging me during the period also and they told me that once you're part of the community you're always with us so you get both sides of people but uh, somehow the negative ones <laughs> always tend to stick with you more and uh, that was a that was quite of a depressing period for me because uh, you have this entire family now uh, no one in my in my actual family is a runner so the, the friends I have are from the running community. So when you're cut off from that, it, it actually takes away a part of your life. So you've already lost the sport because of this one incident. And then you've lost your link to that sport because of people who tend to distance themselves away from you. So uh, that was what got me down, in fact. And uh, like I said, more than the injury in itself, it's always things that it affects in other ways that um, turn to depress, tend to depress you more than the injury in itself. Yeah. So 
that was something that really got to me that uh, if, uh, I, I didn't know that I would be able to actually get onto the road again. And I thought maybe this was the last I was seeing of these people. But uh, in a way, at, at least I got to know who my true friends were. So the ones who stuck around, I, I'm still in touch with them and we still run together when we can. At least we were in the pre-pandemic pre pre era. So, um, I mean, it's the sense of uh, losing community that comes with uh, sports, something of uh, that kind that really affected me. So what did you start to replace your sports with? What did you, what did you start to do in your time now that you couldn't move as you were able to? So I started a blog uh, a month after the injury. So it's titled Curious Cat and it, it, it just comes from uh, me being curious about things. And so uh, initially I started writing about running and dancing. So they were just uh, memories of races I've run in the past. Maybe I've taken like a, a, a running holiday and I've registered for a race there and I've run in a different place or a particular dance performance that I've done. And I've described the kind of costumes and the makeup that we put. So initially, it was an outlet for the things that I couldn't do physically that uh, I started writing about these things. So maybe the capoeira that I had trained in or karate that I used to do. So I initially started writing about physical activities. And then uh, gradually, I put in more things like um, I, I used to read a lot because I was stuck in the house. So uh, I, um, I used to write reviews of these books and maybe I used to research about authors, see what else somebody has written, maybe find out new authors, uh, find out uh, authors from around the world who are writing in different languages and see if those translations are available in English. So I started writing about these different things and the blog grew in the, in a, within a year's time. And I, I started getting a lot of requests from readers who liked what I wrote about books and my approach to the entire habit of reading and the kind of the kind of literature I was reading and recommending. So a year after Curious Cat, I started off another blog called Tomes and Tales, which was dedicated exclusively to books. So these two blogs were the outcome of the incident. So even though I, I wasn't doing much physically, I, I was writing about the things I was doing or maybe things I, I wanted to do, but um, it was more of a way of expressing myself as a creative outlet of what was holding me back physically. So that was the genesis of my blog. And you could say my life as a writer, where I was actually dedicate, dedicatedly putting in something. Yeah, and I suppose doing that would have created a new community to replace the one that was missing. In fact, that, that led to the genesis of my third blog. So while I was, uh, when I started Curious Cat, I joined this uh, writer's community on WordPress. And uh, within a couple of months of me being there, they, they, uh, they decided to shut down for some reason. I think uh, they were not getting enough people to continue with the blog. So they decided to shut down. And uh, I had just started there. It was around uh, four to six months that I was in that community. And I, I was quite vocal about it. And uh, I shared my experiences of getting into writing and how much the community mattered to me. And uh, there were a lot of other people who had also... Uh, 
come to that writers community with similar back stories where they found this outlet in writing and uh, what happened was a few of us decided to get together and continue with that blog so uh, now we are seven people in seven places around the world from different time zones and every day of the week one person puts up a prompt it could be uh, an idiom or a word or a picture that the rest of the world writes to so uh, it's called rag tigers so this was this is my writing community that again was an outcome it just followed so once curious cat started and i connected to writers so like i started my own book blog then i started this writing blog so it 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 was like this thread that was unraveling and one thing was just going to the other so uh, yeah i mean it's like the community that you talk about so you lose one but then there's another one that's right there that you didn't even you wouldn't have even known about if the the former incident hadn't happened yeah so it's re- it's really beautiful how things unfold and we talk about yeah. endings that follow are followed with beginnings and um you know, would have never imagined i'm sure that you would become so heavily involved in writing or that it would mean so much to you um it, it but you know it's really nice to stop and contemplate that devastation isn't always you know the devastation that it might appear in the beginning that it's opening up new avenues and new doors um, so where is your writing at now? A, a lot of my articles are on my own blogs. And, but I, I also send in pieces. So like, um, I look out for writing contests on particular themes um, or maybe a shout out for submissions. And I, I, I send in my work. So, so now uh, I'm not someone who's from a professional writing background. So I, I have no training in journalism. I'm, I haven't even studied literature. So I, ha- I have a master's in nutrition and dietetics, which is in the science field. So this was completely new for me to get into properly. Maybe I, I was just doing it creatively, but to actually learn about writing, I, I started sending in these pieces because there are several publications online which have good editors and people who are veterans in the field. It could be music or it could be literary journals or poetry. There are people uh, who are so into that field, they know so much about it that uh, when I put in a piece, they like it, they accept it, but then uh, they send it back for a little editing errors and we go back and forth. And finally, when I see they have published that piece, it's so much better than what I could have done on my own. So do I, uh, though I still post a lot on uh, my own blog, Curious Cat, um, since last year I have been uh, sourcing out these online magazines and publications to send selected pieces to, so I can also learn from their experience in return. And uh, currently what happened was uh, in in December, I I sent in three stories to this Canadian publication and they they selected all three of them and they decided to publish them in three different books depending on the themes that they fit into. So right now that's a work in progress and the editing is going on from from their end. So that's where my writing has got me now, these three books that are in the pipeline. I, I know that's such an achievement as a writer. Not everybody gets to 
get their submissions accepted. Not everybody gets to be in publications. Mm. It's very difficult. It's very competitive and very much a small percentage of those people actually get published in places. So, um, yeah, that's a, a very big achievement you, in your running now. Has that been able to take off again or is is that something that's still affected by your nerve injury? So the whole of 2019 was spent in building up that distance and endurance. And my goal for 2020 was to actually get into the full marathon distance. But then because of the pandemic, that was again cut short. So now I'm just where I am. But uh, at at the back of my mind, somehow there's this feeling that what if the tingling starts again? What if there's an emergency and, and I'm miles away from home and I can't get back? So... I tend to keep my running in the vicinity itself, especially with the pandemic on that, that seemed a much safer option also last year. So I've just been doing short distances for now and uh, closer home. Um, Of course, since uh, March, 2020, the races have also been down. So does it somehow feel like perhaps the universe keeps putting a little bit of distance between you and and your running aspirations? It does. It does because every time I plan something, something else happens and then I have to maybe change or revise. But uh, it, I mean, it really works in a way because you tend to innovate and you improvise and you chance upon something that's much better than what you were originally doing. Yeah. So yeah, it does help. Yeah, yeah. And um, I will uh, I will link your blogs in the show notes so people can check out your writing and um, follow okay. along with you. And what like what do you hope for the future in terms of your writing? So I, I want to learn the small things of how editors work and what catches publishers' eyes and things that make your article stand out. So um, the other day I, I wanted to write a, a review of the movie Claws, which is an, a Netflix animated movie. But uh, I, I, I mean, um, the movie released around Christmas season, but I didn't want it to come across as a Christmas movie about Santa Claus, an animation movie that was directed only towards children. So I, uh, I tried to stray away from a traditional movie review and I wrote a, uh, more about the song, there's um, Zara Larson's Invisible, which was one of the popular songs from the soundtrack of the movie. So I, I, I wrote, it was like a song story and I actually wrote about that song and how it tied up to the movie and how it resonated with me. And just two days ago, uh, a, a music publication published that piece on their website. So it, it, I, I had imagined something about maybe uh, submitting it to a place that um, was about cinema or about movie and television, but like a music publication picking it up wasn't in my mind at all. So you you never know where your words are reaching and what is resonating with people wherever they are and in what frame of mind they are. So um, I I believe I'll just uh, focus on writing the things that matter to me and what come to me naturally and then send them to places and uh, get a little more feedback so I know how I can improve. 
maybe uh, once uh, I'm still waiting for these three books from the Canadian publication to come out. So then I'll know maybe if I, I decide to write a whole book by myself, I'll know what to put into it and how to process it, format it. So right now I have a lot of ideas, but everything's all over the place. And that's the thing, I mean, it's good to have a blog, but a disadvantage is that you're writing about so many different topics that when it comes to a larger book, you're not, you're not really focusing on one, one topic. So that's something I would like to do maybe in the future. Yeah. But also uh, writing is a very long apprenticeship. So you have to spend a lot of time putting words together mm. and practicing language before you get to a point where mm. you might be able yes. to write a book that really um, stands mm. out so it's not wasted mm. time it's it's really practicing mm. practicing practicing like you would with your running mm. you know you don't just go straight to mm. the marathon you mm. head out the door every day and you do five kilometers you do 10 kilometers it's mm. it's, it's mm. kind of the same I feel like writers are often drawn to running as well it's a very meditative slow repetitive activity that just allows so mm. much um space for thought and so much creative flow so i can understand why you would be attracted to both and mm. your your future unfolds in ways that you never imagined so who knows what's next for you we never know what life has in store for us. All of the seemingly bad things and all of the seemingly good things. It's all, it's all kind of good. It's all this beauty of being alive and discovering life. Um, well, Renata, I wish you um, the most magical future. Thanks so much, Michelle. It was lovely talking to you. Likewise, and it's nice to hear the sounds of Mumbai in the distance <laughs> while we talk. There's a lot of noise always around. I tried to get the quietest spot, but I've been unsuccessful. No, it's absolutely fine. Please share this story with anyone you feel may benefit from hearing it. Or if you or someone you know have your own story to share, feel free to drop me an email at m at mnedwards.media. Look forward to hearing from you.